Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of The Lovebirds. You are unbelievable. Like love is finally found me. I love you. Oh, shit! Police officer, he's a criminal. Move, move, move! I wanna She's running too now. Kind of slow, like she's wearing heels that look actually amazing. We have to go to the police because we have nothing to hide. Why did you run from the scene of the crime? Good question, officer. That's me covering up my body cam so I can beat your ass. We're so fucked. We just need to find the guy the police are looking for. So you're suggesting we actually go out there and solve a murder? It's locked. Did you think it was one of those men only doors? All we need is a name, and then we're in the clear. Hey man, it's been a minute. (laughs) Who the fuck are you? Who do you work for, you little bitch? You little beanbag ballless bitch? Yeah, if you think about your grandma and that furry beanbag bitch. What? These people are super dangerous, and they're really powerful. Oh, shit. We have imposters. Oh no, imposters, that sucks. Everyone unmask yourself. Oh shit, nobody else took their masks off. I'm gonna give you lovebirds a choice. What's behind this door or bacon grease to the face? I don't want grease on my face. Is it gonna shit on me? Alright everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for The Lovebirds, and the story is as follows. On the brink of breaking up, a couple gets unintentionally embroiled in a bizarre murder mystery. As they get closer to clearing their names and solving the case, they need to figure out how they and their relationship can survive the night. The film is starring Isa Rae, Kumail Nanjiani, Paul Sparks, Anna Camp, and Kyle Bornheimer. It is directed by Michael Showalter and written by Aaron Abrams and Brendan Gall. Join me for this podcast review. I have Dan Bayer. Good morning, lovebirds. Oh, boy. And also Daniel Howitt. Hello, the two Dans here for <laughs> you, lovebirds. Back again. <laughs> 
All right, so Lovebirds, interesting story here. Uh, originally set to premiere at the South by Southwest Film Festival. Uh, due to COVID-19 and the cancellation of said festival, this film was in limbo until Netflix came in, swooped it up, and picked it up for uh, what we have now, essentially, which is everybody watching it over uh, Memorial Day weekend currently at the moment. It is a uh, comedy reteaming of Michael Showalter and Kumail Nanjiani, previously worked together on The Big Sick, and is actually uh, Michael Showalter's uh, follow-up from that film. Tossin Isare from Insecure, which is a really, really fantastic show if you guys have not seen it before. Um, and she also starred earlier this year in The Photograph, so she's been getting uh, some pretty good film exposure, I would say, lately. Mm-hmm. What do we think? Uh, well, hmm. <laughs> Well, I'm not in love. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> let's 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 start off with Howitt. Well, I thought it was a little weird to reboot the movie Date Night after only a couple of years. Oh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <you know>. right? <laughs> there is a formula here. So so Lovebirds is it we've seen this movie so many times. Uh there's there's nothing new here. Um you know, you, you mentioned Michael Showalter. I'm a little disappointed that this is his film because he's been doing some really fresh and new things with the rom-com genre. And so for for this to be his next film was definitely, uh, you know, a disappointment, especially coming off of, you know, Oscar nominated The Big Sick. So, um, so it's not fresh at all in any way, but... I will say Kumail and Issa are 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 wonderful. They they're wonderful individually. They're wonderful together in this film. Uh, they have really great chemistry and rapport. And so for me, they really saved this film. Um, the the action comedy side of this movie is, I mean, fine if I'm being generous. Um, but but the relationship side of this movie, I actually thought was was pretty good. I I, I loved the honesty that they brought to the relationship. Uh, they 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 really. Uh, portrayed a relationship that's just kind of in a rut and and i think they did that pretty honestly so um so i think those pieces of the film were actually pretty well written and spot on um and so yeah as, as a as a whole this movie is very forgettable um but i thought it was i thought it was nice i thought it was a light enjoyable movie uh worth a a, a watch on on netflix at best but it's definitely forgettable all right okay dan bear what about you I don't have much to add uh, to what Daniel said, actually. Um, it It is a perfect movie to have on in the background while you are, quote-unquote, working from home uh, during this quarantine shelter-in-place time that we're living in. Um, it, it, uh, I, I didn't even find it all that funny. There were like I could count on uh, on my hands, maybe even on one hand, the amount of times that I actually like laughed out loud. And it's one of those things where like, would it play better in a movie theater where there are lots of other people around me also watching it and potentially having a better time? And and I I honestly don't think so. Um, I I think that a lot of the comedy falls flat for me. A, um, the scenes that were funniest were mostly because it really just seemed like Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani were just improvising until they hit on something funny. And 
just the absurdity of what they're improving keeps compounding as they go on because they realize it's not funny and they keep just getting more absurd in the hopes that that alone will be funny. And that would eventually get a laugh out of me after they've been doing it for a couple minutes. Um, I think it's clear that Michael Showalter was much more interested in their relationship and that dynamic. But then again, this is, you know, a, uh, a studio comedy. So it has certain, like, it needs to be funny. It needs to be funny. And they need to keep the plot moving because that's the nature of the beast. And I think that kind of stymied him. I don't think the script is in any way um, good. And I think that really hurt um, both his direction and the performances a little. To the extent that it works, it's because Kumail and Issa are just naturally very charismatic and likable. I have a couple of points here. Uh, First thing I want to say is I do believe that if this film had played itself by Southwest in a theater with an audience, I actually do believe it would have been more well-received, both due to the uh, feeling that one gets when you watch a comedy with other people and also because of film festival hype. Not not saying, you know, not trying to destroy any critics' credibility or anything like that, but I do believe that film festival hype would have touted this to be better, maybe, than what it actually is. Mm, I actually, I hard disagree, actually. Yeah. Really? You think this would have gotten picked apart the same way? So I do, I think South by Southwest, I think you might be right that South by Southwest might have been a little bit more kind. Uh, probably. That's all I'm saying. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> last year, I, I, we kind of saw that. And then when it hit theaters, it kind of got de- demolished. I think the same thing would have happened here. I actually think it was extremely beneficial for the Lovelords, Lovebirds to be on Netflix because yeah. um, I, nobody can be mad that they bought a movie ticket to this or, um, you know, there's not a lot of movies out right now. So might as well watch this. So I think people are being more kind to the film um, because, hey, that, at least it entertained me for an hour and, a, and 27 minutes as opposed to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some other piece of crap. So, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it was, I think it was really wise for them to, to sell this to Netflix. And I think it really benefited them. I think people are probably more kind to it than they otherwise would have been. Th- that's actually, yeah. So I was going with like a two party here. I think it, if it had played itself by Southwest, I think the initial reaction would have been more positive than what we got here. Mostly, you know what I mean? Like those initial reactions, not the objective consensus from everybody. Sure, sure. But um, I do believe that the objective consensus from most people is it was fine. You know, it it, it was, you know, I haven't heard anyone say that it was so awful that it's going to be like one of the worst of the year or anything like that. I think the fact that it is on Netflix and like you said, Dan, one didn't pay a, uh, you know, for a ticket to go see it in the movie theater, I think does kind of help wash it down. Also, too, being under an hour and a half long is... Mm -hmm. A mercy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it does not wear out its welcome, in my opinion, in, in that regard, even if there are times where the writing is just atrociously bad. Uh, to Dan's point, what he was saying before about how um, there's all this improvising, all this riffing off of each other from Issa Rae and uh, Kumail Nanjiani, that happens a couple of times, and it is funny. Like, it is genuinely funny because it's actually like, shtick that I've seen Kumail do a lot of times. Same thing with uh, Issa Rae as well. 
but it wears thin after a while because they yeah. keep coming back to it and it becomes repetitious after a bit. Yeah. I actually found there were these smaller moments, like these very, very tiny one-off moments that I found to be more funny than this continued uh, thing that they just kept coming back to where they kept on just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that, like, this runtime, I think, kind of hurts with the movie a little bit is we don't actually really get, in my opinion, enough time to actually care about their relationship. And I think that Isare and Kumail Nanjiani are doing a lot of heavy lifting to elevate the script as much as humanly possible. It is a big ask of anyone to essentially open your movie with a five to ten minute long argument yeah. between your characters. And it is a surefire way to get us to hate those characters frankly oh man i i disagree so much i loved that i love the opening argument i like about it that it is sort of like this interesting kind of different way to give us plot exposition and it is um more engaging than i think a lot of other expository dialogue that i've heard in movies but like the the actual opening where they you know we watch them on their a continuate a morning after continuation of their first date is really cute and yeah kind of fun but then it slams right to four years later and they're in the middle of like even by normal couple standards a stupid argument they are fighting about the amazing race gangbangs versus orgies <laughs> It, it's one of those things where, like, it's one of – it feels like the writers were just like, what's the most absurd thing we can throw in here? And it's throwing things in there for the sake of being absurd, not for the sake of it actually being funny. But that's like when – I, when I said before that that's like Kumail Nanjiani's shtick, that, that is typically his comedy, is that he's like a nerdy guy who gets, like, obsessively compulsive about these – tiny little minute things that, you know, feel very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anal, <laughs> you know? Which is why when uh, the 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 milkshake thing in the diner. Yeah. I, I cringed. I'm like, oh, no, no. And then I was so glad that later the movie actually called him out on it. <laughs> yeah. So so what I loved about the, the opening argument, and I... Hear me clearly. I'm not going to defend the writing of this movie very much, but <laughs> but uh, what I loved about the opening argument leading up to the the scene in the car. I guess I don't want to spoil things, but um, I I you know I, I've been in a long term relationship. I'm I'm married, and and we argue about the dumbest things, and and we argue not to be funny. Like we don't argue. Like what I loved about the way that they how they portrayed that argument is that they took it seriously. They were arguing about the Amazing Race. And the movie wasn't, I, I didn't feel that the movie was trying to get us laugh. Ha ha, how, what a dumb argument that they're having. I think they took the argument seriously because I think, I think uh, you know, I can speak from my experience. We very seriously have arguments about the dumbest things <laughs> that don't matter. Um, and so I felt that that was pretty authentic of just uh, people who live together and then you just really argue about stupid, stupid things. And it can even get pretty serious and heated. And so uh, that's what I really appreciated about the opening. And I thought it was an authentic transition to the, the more serious 
uh, conversation that they had in the car. So that rang pretty true for me. And I think that they, uh, like I said in, in my earlier, uh, when, when I talked earlier, you know, just highlighting a, a relationship in a rut. And, and I think it felt, it felt pretty authentic to me. That's yeah. Michael Show Walter at his strongest though, yes. right? Yes. I mean, that's yes. the kind of stuff that we've typically seen in his past movies where he does handle um, those relationship drama aspects very, very well, I think. Exactly. It's when we start getting into the conventional studio involved in a crime and the police are involved and all of the, and, and the characters have to act stupid when they're scared and talk themselves into problems and... I, that's something that, like, I, I started feeling like the script was stretching its believability. Like, I get it. Isare and uh, Camille Nanjiani are out of their element, but they keep opening their mouths and talking themselves into, like, deeper issues. And sometimes they get away with it. Sometimes they don't. And I just kept on rolling my eyes at it a bunch of times, like, saying, like, I, I, I don't really find this interesting, nor do I find it endearing. And I definitely don't find it original in any way. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. My, my biggest problem with a lot of their their riffing and their talking with each other is that so many times it felt... it These characters are versions of Issa and Kumail's um, uh, personas, but they're right. not exactly Issa and Kumail. But so Often when the riffing, I just saw Issa and Kumail, not Leilani and Gibran. Right. Sure. I, I totally, totally get that. It, and those are the moments where like, yeah, it it's funny, but it's funny because it's Issa and Kumail, not because of and this is offering anything actually funny in the way of character or plot. Right. There's also no time to really breathe, I find, with this movie um, in regards to going back to the part that resonates more, which is the examination of their relationship. There are moments where they do revisit it. Oh, are we? So are we really broken up? I guess we are, etc. And th those are the moments where the movie like kind of slows down for a bit. Yeah. Where I was really, really into what Kumail and Isa were actually doing, because honestly... 
I think when utilized properly, they're both fantastic actors. And I think they definitely have good chemistry here Mm. um, when it's put to good use. But like that scene where they're being interrogated by the police and they're like, oh, I've thought about killing someone, but I never would do it and stuff. I'm like, just shut up, you know, Yeah. Um, just stop talking. It's like it's not funny. Uh, But then there's like like I was saying before, there were tiny things in this that I find funny. Right. Um, Like when they're in the car with um mustache uh played by paul sparks who by the way i still think is a boring actor yes yeah the, the, there's a the part where uh, he's like did you see which way he went and kumail's like he's a suspect heading eastbound <laughs> like <laughs> little tiny little things like that did get me the chuckle that i thought were pretty funny or um when they go to the the house party that their friends are having and his buddy is like what the fuck are you wearing? Kamel's like, well, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> Turtleneck. <laughs> the, um, the, the big funny moment for me, and it it pissed me off because there, uh, it, it is a different moment in the trailer, and I think it was funnier in the trailer, but mm-hmm. it, it, it did make me laugh in that movie, so I guess I can't complain, is um, when they, the two hipsters arrive at the crime scene and and in the in the trailer it's oh and she's actually wearing really cute shoes yeah she's running away and in the movie it's i to be clear like i don't think that they're that they're murderers because they're people of color i think they're murderers (laughs) because they literally just like murdered this person (laughs) (laughs) that was good that was good i also like when uh the third eye blind uh, fight scene. Yes. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. she says, this is an ultimate fighting, Jabron. You can't tap out. <laughs> <laughs> now, on the fight scenes, like, here's the thing. Why are all these a- action comedies, why do they have terrible action? Like, I, I don't know. Michael Showalter's not, I get it. He's not an action director, but like, have somebody come in and co-direct the action or I, something. It was, he's out of his element in that regard in this movie. Totally. There are like three fight scenes in here that are so weak it's just like boring that final uh fight scene on the boat at the end there are these wide shots that show how poor the choreography is where uh one character is distracted by like kumail and then isa ray's getting ready to hit him from behind and it's just like oh don't show us in a wide shot that because it's just so poorly timed and it yeah. doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. like, you, you, know? can do, you can do funny action where the characters don't know how to fight. Like I always go back to the Pineapple Express big mm-hmm. fight in Danny McBride's house where th- those characters can't fight like they're morons. But the action is funny to watch. And Or even Kumail really and Stuber to a certain extent. Yeah, even. Stuber did it much better than this. And and that's the thing. It's like I'm you keep hearing you like guys talk about the action comedy. And I'm like, is it an action comedy though like i'm calling it a romantic crime comedy that's what i'm calling it that's better yeah it's like the action is so bad that it's like not even there and then um i don't know about you guys but i really really found the scene where they're singing firework in the car to be cheap god like cheap cheap heat to get us to react because it's like oh it's a song we like and they're singing it isn't that cute i just didn't feel like that kind of a moment was earned by this point and i really was not like jiving with where the story was at where the characters were at and uh, i hate it when movies do something like that just to get 
but like trying to get like a cheap pop uh, from the audience ultimately. Yeah, I, I hated that scene so yeah. much. You know what scene I love though? What? Impostor. Oh, the uh, eyes wide yeah. shut <laughs> homage. I I got to admit, I liked it. <laughs> I really did like it a lot. That yeah, that that scene was good. <laughs> it was very blatantly a ripoff, but I I I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really funny and clever. And when they're in the audience and uh, they have the moment where they're like, "Oh, take off your masks," and they're like, "A true member never takes off their mask." Like. I don't know. Something about that scene was clicking for me. Maybe because I just thought it was awesome that there were people out there that are fans of Eyes Wide Shut like I am. Because <laughs> uh, that's not normally the first thing you think of when you think of like movies to rip off. <laughs> I did like when they started like commenting on the orgy action as it was happening. Like yeah. the, the I, I the the basic structure. There are lots of callbacks in this screenplay, and. I would like it more if any of the callbacks were funny. Um, one, two, three, go. That, that was good. wasn't funny. But it was well, it was well used yeah, in was, terms yeah, of a repeating joke that had yes. payoff. Yeah, that one had payoff. Like the all of them, it's just so clear when they're setting up something mm-hmm. to be paid off later. And I'm like, yeah. I just wish it was a little less obvious. Like the Amazing Race. <laughs> Yeah. That, yeah, actually, that ending I was not really expecting. Oh, really? <laughs> I really wasn't. I'm actually a little surprised <laughs> that we didn't see any clips or anything at all of uh, the documentary that uh, Jabron was working on. Because oh, I thought they could have done a funny payoff joke with something along those lines, but that's okay. Yeah. Also, too, I gotta just like, like, be like, what? Uh, the character Keith, who. Um, is like doing like the Cat Williams jokes and everything. He can just, he just happens to know how to hack into a phone. Yeah, I was like, what? Really? He's the IT guy. Oh, it's just lazy all, writing, all dude. Come on. How to hack into- right, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was lazy. It's like they set it up with the bare minimum. It's incredibly lazy. Although I have to give credit to, um, sorry, I'm going, I'm going off on a tangent here, but. I have to mention this one line that also made me very, very. <laughs> this one, this one got me good. This one was was br- really well done. When they're at the police station, and there is a clever bit of writing where the movie flips it, where the police all of a sudden, spoiler alert, um, are pursuing them because they think that they did commit the murder, but they're pursuing them because they're trying to protect them. Why? Well, because there are street cameras that show that yeah. you guys clearly didn't do it. And I was like, that's smart. That's logical. Yeah, that was clever. I was like, yeah. good, excellent. And then when Camille says, well, this has been a great experience. Is there like a comic <laughs> card comic or card, something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was a great way to do a slight little twist on this thing we've seen all the time. Because it also, it, it justifies how dumb the plot was to a certain extent. Because it's yeah. like, oh yeah, they were never actually being you know, chased by the cops. They were just idiots. So I, it, it made it slightly better for me. I it actually ended up making it like slightly worse for me because oh. it was like because I was like duh of course like y'all didn't see the traffic cameras or like know from living in New Orleans for so long that there are traffic cameras everywhere that you could have like 
stopped all this. Oh, can we <laughs> talk about the New Orleans setting? I feel like that was totally wasted. Like, I, I agree. I thought it was, thought it was it. interesting for them to set it in New Orleans because, you know, not, not a lot of films set in New Orleans. And then they really didn't do much with it. Coming hot off the heels of a rewatch of Curious Case of Benjamin Button recently, oh, I was oh, very yeah. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, good for them for, like, being, like, New Orleans is not just Bourbon Street. But at sure. the same time, like, I didn't feel like we got any of the flavor of New Orleans at all yeah no they could have like been in any city through, yeah i feel like halfway through they said something about new orleans and i went oh we're in new orleans okay didn't know that gotcha yeah yeah it's it literally could have been shot and set anywhere yeah and that's the thing right i feel like this is a movie that could have come out at any time starred anybody yeah. and it it, it, I, I've seen it before. Yes. I've just seen it before. It's an excuse. It's just an excuse to see more comedic uh, work from Kumail and Isa. That's really all it is. Yeah. And but it could have been a lot worse. Yes. Without that. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Agreed. And these can always be a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> With that said. All right. So uh, final thoughts. Um, any moments that we didn't mention? Any funny jokes you want to just uh, call out? Anything at all? Uh, Dan Bear? I do want to call out what I think is the best scene, which is when they break into the apartment. Oh, yeah. Um, with the frat yeah. boys. I think that their little interrogation of, <laughs> of whoever that guy is, is really, is really funny, um, mostly because of the reaction shots, honestly. But that was the one moment where I was like, okay, this is, this is working. I actually, I actually didn't like that scene as much as you did, oh. I have to admit. Yeah. Because I, I, it, just, it just stretched believability to me to the point where I'm like, why is this guy scared? I don't. It did bother me that, like, um, the, he breaks the window, right? And they're like, come in through the window. So there's all the smoking glass on the floor, and she is not wearing her shoes. Yeah, I know. I saw, yeah. That bothered me to no end. But once the scene actually started and they were interrogating this guy, and he's like, what, what are you what what's going on? You can rip off Eyes Wide Shut, but you can't rip off Die Hard. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been actually a great callback. <laughs> I, I would have loved it. I mean, they reference pop culture all the time in this movie. So it's like, why not? You know? Yeah. Uh, what about you, Howitt? No. Well, I mean, what final thoughts could I possibly have? I, it, it It's it's fine. Like, I, there's a lot to pick apart here. And there's a lot wrong with the movie because it's very unoriginal uh but like i said earlier i mean i i'd be lying if i said i didn't you know overall enjoy it, it it's it's really it could have been worse and i wasn't mad that i watched it so it was fine a uh, couple couple notes here um i never want to hear the phrase fucky cheese ever again in my life <laughs> uh what else i got here uh that anna camp scene with the pan of bacon Ugh. The worst was awful. Maybe the worst scene in the movie for me. Yes, agreed. It was it was completely incongruous. It didn't fit with anything else that was going on. But I love that Anna Camp was living up to her last name. Like <laughs> that that accent is so far over the top that I just like I like okay, you know what type of movie you're in even if no one else does. And also, too, because I saw some people comment on this after I uh, after I said my take on it, but if I had the choice between the hot bacon grease and getting kicked in the chest by a horse, I understand that a kick in the chest by a horse could kill you 
I understand that because that's what some people uh, did write to me, but it didn't kill Camille Nagiani, no. and he's perfectly fine afterwards. And he's Perfect. all like, "Take the grease, take the grease," yeah. and I'm like, yeah. "It like, like no. it's illogical. It's not, and that's why it's not funny to me." Can I, can I tell you something wild but true? Two weeks ago, I went up to the mountains here in in, in Nevada. And I saw a little girl get kicked in the chest by a horse, and it was terrifying. She was fine, but I just had to—I just had to mention that because it was—it gave me gave me flashbacks. That is really scary. I'm glad she's okay. And that's the point. If Camille's okay and the little girl is okay, why in God's name would you be yelling for Issa Rae to take the bacon hot grease? That is so get a stupid. Face for your life. I—I I, I have to say, I—I like, I almost, almost, almost feel like he was. Like, that was a strategy thing to be like, if you take the bacon grease, maybe you can get away with it and fight back a little, as opposed to the horse where there's nothing you can do. But admittedly, that if that is what they were trying to do, it does not really come across. You know what? Fine. Because I don't want to retort and spend more time on this scene, in all honesty. I'll just accept your truth as reality. Um, and then the last thing I have written down here, um, I... I, 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 I cringed so hard when at the very end of the movie, somebody had to work in the movie title into a line of dialogue. All right, you two love birds. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I was so upset about that because it's just like one. I don't know. It just felt like added salt to the wound in terms of the cringe worthy disaster I had just witnessed. <laughs> Like also again, like I, I I'm sorry, I'm gonna rail on this because I don't understand that this has like hap- started happening in recent years. They did not do this as much before the 2010s, but like the in the trailer for this movie, Anna Kemp goes, "Okay, I'm gonna give you two lovebirds a choice." Does not say that in the movie at all. Yep. Does not. And also like. <laughs> This is some Handmaid's Tale bullshit is so much funnier than this is some Illuminati bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I don't under I don't understand how who how these trailers get put together and they come to different scenes that are in the movie. I don't understand. Well, you know what it is? Uh trailers get made when they're cutting uh together the assembly, right? And then final notes are put in and uh the assembly gets shortened and maybe different takes get used. You know, also, too, you may you may have a factor in like test screenings, which w- jokes get better laughs than others that for different true. takes. So but by that point, there's already a trailer out. So, you know, what can you do? That's my that's my only real explanation I can think of in a scenario like that. And it works. Unfortunately, the movie doesn't work for me. Um, no. Kumail and Isa do what they can. And to that end, I can't say that I thought that this was one of the worst films I've seen this year. Um, it was just middling uh, disappointment for me. So I'm going with a four out of ten on my uh, grading skill there. How it? What about you? Uh, I, I'm I'm giving my lowest positive grade here, which is a six because uh, I, I am positive overall, even though it's very weak. Six out of ten. Wow. OK, cool. Bear, what about yourself? I, I'm going to go with uh, the other Daniel on this, and I, I was at a six. I Overall, I enjoyed it, 
but it has too many problems for me to be higher. Sure. I'll never watch it again, to be clear. Yeah, like, no. You know, never. but... No. no, but in terms of like something I don't mind recommending uh, just anybody to watch over Memorial Day yeah. weekend, it's not offensive or anything like that. It's not going to get people angry. Worst case scenario, they just feel like they wasted some time. But, you know, then maybe they got a few laughs out of it. I would say it's I would say for the fact that it is a Netflix film, it's not it's not the not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. And I will say like it's I think because it was originally a big studio comedy, it looks and sounds better than most of the netflix original originals yeah i think that's definitely true yeah all right uh no awards potential i can't even go so far to say golden club uh comedy musical potential unfortunately nope i mean it would it well no given the way the year has gone so far maybe it <laughs> no. wouldn't surprise me if he's Ray did show up even then no yeah. <laughs> that's supporting actress in the camp. <sighs> oh my gosh alrighty well that'll do it here for our discussion of the lovebirds here on the next best picture podcast Dan Bear where can they find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at dancingdan on film how about you Howitt you can find me at howittdk on twitter and you can find me at next best picture thank you so much everyone for listening you can subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud google play stitcher tune and player fma cast cast box also on spotify be sure to leave us a review on apple podcasts let us know what you think of the show rate us five stars leave a comment we really appreciate the feedback and the support which you can lend on over at patreon for one dollar minimum a month you can get some exclusive podcast content from us thank you so much for listening as always and we shall see you all next time Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.